topic of Shalom Bayis is one that I begin with uh, quite a bit of trepidation for three basic reasons. Number one, a lot of the Talmudim are thinking about, you know, what's going to be with their college career, what's going to be, Bezer Hashem, with their Talmud Torah, hopefully in the other order, what's going to be with life, how it, what's going to be their career. All of those above things are not the most critical factor of whether they're going to live a happy life. The most critical factor is going to be the relationship with their spouse and then their children. So when we're talking about the essential happiness of a human being, then there's no greater pachad. For that reason, I apologize if we go a few minutes into, into Shear. It's probably the most important topic that we, could, uh, that we could discuss together. Secondly, Chazal say, when there's shalom bin ishle ishtoi, hashchina shriya beinayim, when there's peace between husband and wife, so then there's a shchina. God forbid if it's the opposite, the Gemara Nivamos tells us, then there's ish, there's fire. So we're talking about a topic, which is, <laughs> the contrast is, whether there's going to be shchina, or chasa chalila, the opposite, and finally, the last reason I'm uncomfortable is that standing up here seems to indicate that I have all the answers and I don't. It's a formidable task, a beautiful task, exhilarating task, the most awesome responsibility in the world, the most beautiful responsibility in the world. But at the end of the day, anybody who claims that they have all the answers and all of the <coughs> solutions, then they're uh, fooling themselves. And I care less about them, but they're also cheating their wives and their children, their wife and their children. To frame the issue of what, how important and the approach that we're going to take for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes about Shalom Bayis is something I heard from my great Rebbe, uh, a budding, one of the budding Gedolei Torah, Rav Aron, listens to Shurim coming to, to Yeshiva, one of my Rebbeim from Tarvadas, Rav Yisrael Reisman Shlita. And Rabbi Reisman spoke about once that the Beis Halevi has a fascinating Ha'ar on the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra describes that uh, when it comes to the Luchos, he says, which of the two Luchos had greater Kedusha? So he quotes a Gon in Parshas Kisisa, an anonymous Gaon, who says that the first Luchos do not have the same level of Kedusha as the second Luchos. And that's very hard to understand, as Ibn Ezra alludes to, the first Luchos were inscribed by God. It was written, The second Luchos was written by a great man, but was written by a man, Solecha, Moshe Rabbeinu, engraves the Luchos. Why is it that the first Luchos have a lesser Kedusha, and the greater Kedusha is on the second Luchos. And the Beis HaLevi says a Yesod that's encompassing. It encompasses our lives, Talmud Torah. It encompasses the story, history of mankind. And most importantly for us today, it encompasses one of the most important points of Shalom Bayis. And the Beis HaLevi says that the first Luchos we know, according to the Medrash, was going to be something magical. Talmud Torah was going to be magical. Anybody who says that every second of Talmud Torah for them is magical 
is in a delusional place, he's not learning Torah, or he's missing the essence of what Torah is all about. Of course, a life of Torah is magical. When you look back in Torah 30, 40 years, that's magical. But every second, it's hard. You've got to look up the Frank Dictionary. You don't want to get up and look at it. It's hard to bang your head on the Rajba. It's schwer. It's not easy. It's not always feeling of dveikus writes in Nefesh Achayim. It's not supposed to be dveikus. Ayim b'nefesh Achayim. But originally it wasn't supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be glorious. It was supposed to be that we would never forget everything. Yesterday somebody quoted something to me. Ah, it was Izzy. Izzy came over to me after a Shechter Shir and he said, didn't we discuss one time about that Kasha Rabbi Kiva Eger? And I couldn't remember and I, it drove me crazy. Exactly when did we discuss it? What part of the sugi did it come up? And I'm still frustrated. There's painful times that a person doesn't remember things as well. But once upon a time it wasn't supposed to be that with the Luchas Harishonos. Everything was supposed to be exhilarating and glorious. Talmud is not always that way. The second Luchos was given Psalacha, it was engraved. And the history of mankind, writes the Beis HaLev, was that way as well. The Beis HaMikdash HaRishon was full of Nisim. Second Beis HaMikdash was not. There was a lot of painful experiences. Yet, what's the Kedusha that stays? Why is it that right here there still is Kedusha? In Eretz Yisrael? Not because of the Beis HaMikdash HaRishon, but it's a Beis HaMikdash HaSheni. Kedusha Shniya Kitsha Lashayta V'Kitsha Lasid Lova. Sometimes it's the Yegiyah, the more painful experiences that are the most significant and retain the Kedusha. If it's something that's a gift from God, that's not something that's going to last. The same thing applies to Shalom Bayis. And I want to now apply it very practically and then get a list of seven or eight things that I want you already, Bezer Hashem, to start thinking about. The same applies in regards to Shalom Bayis. Rav Reisman Shlita said that when a person gets married, there's a lot of kolos uvrakim, which was the luchos harishonos. It was dramatic. And when a person gets married, there's a tremendous amount of excitement. Tremendous amount. And it's supposed to be that way. But that is not something that's going to last. Kol sasan, kol simcha, that is not something that where the Kedusha is going to come in. The Kedusha is going to come from the day in, day out hard work that starts right this moment and hopefully even before when a person begins to think about their Midos, the Midos of women, and the way in which they're going to relate Bez Hashem to their wives. And therefore, a Reisman said, the first initial stage of engagement in marriage is Eluchos HaRishonos, but Kedushas Nesuin doesn't come from Eluchos HaRishonos, the Kedushas HaNesuin, the sanctity of marriage is going to depend on how much hard work we put into Eluchos Hashnios. My Rebbe didn't mention this, but it strikes me right between the eyes. Baruch Hashem, some of you come from successful communities. And those communities are known as the pillars of chesed, frankly, in the world today. Aside from the affluence that comes out in terms of supporting Torah and chesed, there's also a tremendous amount of affluence that goes, that's expressed in simchas. Baruch Hashem, it's expressed in simchas. There are many weddings today that run fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. <throat> And sometimes when I'm at the weddings and I look at the weddings and I think to myself, my goodness, 
if only the parents would put aside one-tenth, one-twentieth, one-thirtieth, one-fortieth of that money that went into that one night for the shalom bias of their children that they should have an escrow account to be able to go to a family therapist when they need some help and there's nothing to be embarrassed about it. There's so much money that's being thrown into the Luchos Harishonos. And I, the truth is, I don't care very much about the money. Money's not important. But I'm using the money as L'Shaber Es HaOzen to bring home the point. The amount of emotional energy that's put into that one night, into the Sheva Brachos and so on and so forth, compared to the amount of effort that's put in to the day in and day out, what makes marriage work. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. I'm at a chasana, and I know that the couple have a particular issue that they're struggling with. And if only they would invest a little bit more of their time and their energy and even their money to give that the necessary attention will be a different matzav, will be an entirely different situation. So Rabosai, it's a couple years away from many of you. But at the end of the day, as you get closer to that exciting moment where you get engaged and when you get married, remember that Chazal were constantly less impressed with the excitement of the freshness of the moment and Chazal in the system of Allah, if you're going to be sensitive, we're more concerned of what's going to be down the line. I'll give you an example, one of the most basic issues in Allah. Says the Gemara Nida on the Aflamid Aleph on the Beis, Remei Reimer, Bipnei Ma Omra Teira, Nida Leshiva, Mipnei Sheragilba. The reason in which we have Hilchos Nida, which is one of the most characteristic components of marriage, is in order to make sure that there is a freshness in the marriage. By the way, there are many couples who keep Hilchos Nida that don't have a freshness, but Chazal wanted. This to be something that is on the forefront of our minds. And to realize that the excitement in the, in the beginning and all the energy is something that could be wasted if we don't spend time thinking about creating Kedusha and the Luchos Hashniyos, which is even more important than the Luchos HaRishonos. So let me give you a suggestion right off the bat before I give a list of seven things that I think that are important for us to keep in mind now is Bachurim. Speaking about the Luchos HaRishonos and Luchos HaShinos, there's a big excitement when the girl gets her ring. Whatever type of ring it is. Rabosai, that ring is much less important and much more expensive than bringing home your wife, as Ravaron had mentioned, a simple present to show her that you thought about her. I'm embarrassed that I know this Maramakom, but if HaKadosh Baruch Hu put the Maramakom in my head, then I'm going to throw it back out to you to... Maybe this is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me the Maramakom. Stevie Wonder, I just called to say I love you. Rabosai, that's Kadosh. That's Kadosh. That is kadosh for a person to be able to take time out of his day 
to say, I love you. That is so much more important than spending hours upon hours researching the exact type of carrot, the exact type of cut of diamond, and so on and so forth. That present, that gift, to a woman is worth much, much more than the diamond ring. Get her a beautiful diamond ring. But realize that the flowers before Shabbos, not out of rote, but a gift that says that you really thought about her, a magnet on the refrigerator that says thank you, that really comes mehalev, that will go so much further. Now, Bezer Hashem, I'd like to give you a basic list of seven things that I think are important for you to, to keep in mind. I want to start with the Maramakom, introduce everything comes from Teirah. Nothing comes from outside of Teirah. Stevie Wonder just sometimes brings it out in a way that uh, Abaye and Rava didn't. But everything comes from Teru. Rav Ron, once here years ago, introduced me to a, to a Balamar. An amazing Balamar. And that's how I want to introduce the seven issues that I'd like to discuss. The Balamar describes in his introduction to Shas that when it comes to kavod, respect, there are two types of kavod. There's a kavod that's negative, and then there's a kavod that's essential. And the proof of it is, we said yesterday, we said today, in Kedusha, kvodo, refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as His kavod. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kavod. There's a human being's kavod that is negative, that is exterior, kavod that comes from the outside. And then there's kavod that's essential, writes the Balamar. It's a chelek elokami mal that we have. And the Balamar says that's why someone who embarrasses someone else in public, it's as if he murdered him. Because what he did is he undermined his kavod. Here in Yeshiva, the Rosh Yeshiva is so sensitive and banging home the point about things that are chitzonious are negative when he speaks about kavod in a negative way that's what he's talking about but not human dignity that every single individual deserves and it's essential their being that's who they are that's a chelek elokami mal their dignity and halacha respects it ayin brachos yutes on the base v'od marimikomos zot de HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Bereshis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us. Man and wife as one neshama. That is what the Balamor describes is the Chelek El Mkami Mal the Kavod. And he smashed it in half. He smashed apart my wife and myself. And our job is for us, says the Zohar, to come together. The Shechina Shuya Beinayim is the linking between the Zachrus and the Nakfus, the two parts of the Chelek Haneshama. A husband that doesn't find a way, here we're going to coin a new term, Lahakir Es Kvoda, to recognize the Kavod of his wife, then that husband is missing the essence of the joining of those two neshamas. Not only to be a good husband in terms of his halachic obligations that Rav Shechter spoke about last night, but behind, or two nights ago, but behind 
the halachic obligations are the recognition lahakir es kvoda, and that is the way in which the two neshamas become connected. And part of that is for us to realize that just like you and I, kishem shepartzufan shodam shonos kachdeosayin shonos, just like our faces are different, Chazal say our opinions are different, our neshamos are different. That means a person has to relate to his wife's unique neshama in order to be mechaber, and that was the original destiny of you and I was to link together to bring those neshamos back together. And so I'd like to talk about number one, your wife's unique neshama, recognizing her unique neshama, relating to her unique neshama. Number two, to talk about the phenomenon, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Number three, talk about communication. Number four, talk about sensitivity. Number five, talk about halakhic issues that come up within a marriage. Number six, talk about inaccurate expectations. And number seven, talk about issues that could become dormant. Number one, the unique neshama. I look at my Talmidim in the Gurs Kolo. I look at my wife, who had successful, were on tracks, their wives were on tracks for successful careers. And they gave everything away with their unique neshama. Many of them gave up a lot in their careers. I would bet that half of the guys here, whatever age you're going to marry, it's going to be your wife who's going to end up compromising something on her quote-unquote career. And she'll hear it if she's going through graduate school in the workplace from secular people, Gentiles. Why in the world are you getting married? I remember I had a Talmudir, his mother was one of the most successful doctors, world-famous doctor in New York City. And he said, when my mother comes home, all she wants to be is a mother and a wife. That's her greatest she'ifa, that's her greatest aspiration. When a husband realizes that a wife is going to wash the dishes take out the garbage sometimes when the husband is not around. You should be taking out the garbage when you're around. And do everything in order to compromise many things that she could have accomplished all because deep in her neshama she wants lechaber esha with their unique neshamas. That requires a tremendous amount of hakara recognition from the, on the husband's behalf. And I would say that a wife would do anything when she feels that her husband has that recognition of kvoda. And if not, then you've taken the successful doctor, the successful analyst, successful nurse, successful therapist, and you've made her feel like she's a cleaning lady. You made her feel like she's a dishwasher. And, I'll say it even sharply, you made her feel like she's a prostitute. Hakaras Kvoda. That's what's at stake. Men are from 
Mars and women are from Venus. One of the things that's extremely important for us to realize is that a husband's way of thinking, and this was written about beautifully, but in a limited way by Jim Gray. John Gray. John Gray. He has a fantastic book that I recommend that everybody read, even though the book has its limitations. The byline gives it away, as Ruth Ginsburg has spoken about in the past. The man's been divorced three times, but there's no book out there in the world that says it as succinctly. I'm not aware of a Jewish book that's really gotten to the point as well as he has. His problem, of course, is in the byline of the book where he says how to get the most out of your relationships. Everybody knows Rav Dessler's idea, maybe I shouldn't assume that everybody knows Rav Dessler's idea, that the essential point of Ava is, is to give, not to take. But the observations that he makes about the differences between men and women are extremely, extremely important. And Gray points out that when we have challenges, often what happens is that the man goes into a fix-it mode. On Mars, when there's a challenge, man will want to fix and solve the problem. Men are solvers. In Venus, in Venetians, it doesn't make any sense to me. In in Venus, they want to express it, feel it. Feeling it is something extremely, extremely important. I like to give you an example of one time that there was a husband who came home, his wife's day didn't go well because the babysitter didn't, didn't come. And... He begins to talk with her and she says, she says to him, the day was a terrible day, the babysitter didn't come and because this, this happened, that happened, that happened. And the husband gets up from the kitchen table, L'shem Shamayim, L'shem is not always enough. L'shem Shamayim, he gets up and he runs to the telephone and, be, and she says, where are you going? You notice what happened? He was sitting here, looking at her, she now feels abandoned. He didn't mean to abandon her, no way. You know what he was doing? He was going to the telephone and he's about to dial the babysitter's number and tell the babysitter he's going to give her a bonus if she comes on time, etc., etc. He's trying to help her. He begins to dial the number. He turns around and she's crying. That's what they do in Venus. She's crying. What happened? What happened is that the most important thing a man could be for his wife is to be there to support her and to hear her. So that's issue number two, is that this distinction between the male's koach, the Akash Baruch, who's put into the Bria, he put it into our sense of being, is for us to accomplish puruvu miluatz v'chavshu, amevin yavin, that's connected to the fact that women is a, a woman is a clee that's mekabel from the husband, alpi kabbalah, and the husband is entirely different mitziyus. That's category number two, which takes us to number three. Communication. The Gemara in Gittin, in the first parak, describes that if a person doesn't work on his speech, somebody speaks in a way that's heavy-handed at home, so then the Gemara describes there are terrible averos that will come out. Chilul Shabbos, Arayis, oh, we had Nafkamino, Nida might be an erva from that Rashi, Geshmak, but Rabbi you know, you bring a Geshmak Araya from the Rashi, but what is the Gemara saying? What's the Gemara saying? Shtetin Heilig Gemara, 
that what happens is that if a person doesn't begin to learn to speak softly, then ultimately terrible things could happen. What's a Gemara Dara driving at? Chelek, the part of it, is what John Gray was describing. What John Gray was describing was, at the end of the day, our job <coughs> is not to dictate at home. Our job is to be a model for our wives and children. And we have to talk about Chinuch one time as well, but the most important part of Chinuch is not what you say to your kids. The most important thing is how you model for your children. And being a model for one's entire family is valuable, but the most critical part from your wife is to be able to listen. In Colombia, when I would run to Colombia for an hour or two and then run back to the base medrash, thankfully they didn't force us to do many things. But one of the things that they had us do is they had us watch, one, I was in a uh, program for developmental psychology. So I didn't take counseling, I regret it. For those of you who are mechanchem, I'd recommend that you, if you're going to go for a master's, go for a master's in counseling and not other parts of psychology. But they required us, even when you're getting a degree in developmental psychology, you also have to take a counseling course. That one counseling course, they required us to watch a video of Carl Rogers doing therapy. Carl Rogers introduced the idea of client-centered therapy. It's absolutely mind-boggling. You have these guys who know how to do it well in the Upper East Side and the Upper West Side. They make $1,000 a pop. And I am jealous of them and not jealous of them at all. Many of us Rabbeim do it day in, day out. We'd be extremely, extremely wealthy uh, if, we would, if we would charge what they charge. And what Rogers does is something that's very, very simple. And this is partly Kadosh. And for our Tafkidim as Rebbe, I'm so, I feel so lucky that we don't imitate what <coughs> Rogers does. What Rogers does is he listens to the client. He listens to what's on the mind of the person and he says it back to them. That's the whole thing. Doesn't add anything. No advice. So if he charges $1,000 for listening, then we should charge $10,000 for advice afterwards. No advice. All he does is he listens and says back their feelings. And you know what? For someone who's lonely on the Upper East Side, someone who really knows how to listen and to understand your feelings... It's worth paying a thousand dollars an hour, but there's something that's worth much more than that, and that is shchina shuriyah beinayim. And for a marriage to be glorious, then the husband has to truly be able to listen to his wife, and then beizer Hashem will be able to listen to his children as well. You know, the, in Reader's Digest they have a fantastic uh, description. They said that Bride Magazine says the average bride spends 150 hours preparing for her wedding, and the average groom spends 150 hours saying it sounds good. Depends on how you say it sounds good. Ruth Ginsburg has a beautiful description of going out with your wife and choosing dishes. But if that's important to her, then it's Shechina. Then it's Shechina. Emir Tzashem, when you get to Kola, we'll discuss. But you have many other responsibilities. Das hey Shechina, that is nothing greater than the Shechina itself. People think, locking into what Shechina spoke about Friday night, Kedusha's holy brother. Shechina is Shalom, Benish Ishtai. Das hey Shechina. 
Kedusha with mitzvahs from Shachtas Vogelach versus Kedusha without mitzvahs. Ain mitzvah yoser mizu. And that requires patience. And that means that you have to start working on that now. I mentioned in the past, Talmidin being able to listen to their chaverim. That's also something that's extremely, extremely important. So that's category number four. Showing involvement and concern. Sensitivity. A sensitivity to every part of her life. Which comes from communication, but not only communication. If you see that it's important to her that you go with her to the store to choose China, as Rav Ginsburg Shlita saw when he was engaged with his wife, that's exactly what Shechina is about. In-laws. One of the classic moments, I can't recreate it, it's going to be flat, but I have to say it to you anyhow. One of the classic moments in the Nativ Aryeh reunion. We're talking about Bliyai and Hara, 200 guys getting together in the five towns with the Rosh Yeshiva. Shalashudis, it's one of the pinnacles. Don't miss those reunions. They're so, so, so important. And Rabina was bothered about Shalom Bayis. And Rabina, there were things that were bothering him. And Rabina says, and if you're angry in your in-laws, he says, go into the shower and scream. But don't let your wife hear. Never, ever do you let your wife hear a criticism of her parents. This is her shayrish. This is her kavod. This is where it comes from. All of her kavod comes from. Boom, you smash it. By the way, you know, it's very easy for me to get up here and say it. To do it is not so easy. That requires work. It requires work. Just like in Shana Bed, a person is working on Lashon Hara, how they speak, v'chulei, v'chulei. It's going to come a time that you're going to be frustrated and you might be right. But thus haste her kavod. This is where her kavod is coming from. That's number four. Sensitivity. Number five, halacha. We have a Masaira from Ramesha Feinstein. Baruch Hashem, my wife brought me this Masaira. In many ways, I don't know what I would do in life without it, but she brought me a Masaira that was there to protect her. Her uncle told me when we got engaged... He's a Talmud of Ramesha Feinstein. Tell me, we have a Masorah from Ramesha. I wasn't such a from guy. I was a good guy, but I wasn't so... I don't know why he thought that he had to tell me this. He's much frommer than me, much more yeshivish than me. And he said to me, we have a Masorah from Ramesha Feinstein that uh, every single Chumrah that a person takes can never be at the expense of their wife and children. Your Avodah Hashem is your personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If there are issues that are sensitive in terms of Halacha, then ask Atzas Harav. I'll tell you a secret that I told the Talmidim before. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I can only say this now that I've gone through 20 years of marriage, Baruch Hashem. There were five times my wife and I had a machlokis l'shem shamayim. I don't mean a fight. We weren't sure whether to go like this or go like that. So in the end, we went twice, I believe, to Rabbi Branspiegel Shlita, once to Rabbi Willig, twice to Rabbi Nevinson Shlita. I'm 0 for 5. Every single time, all the issues are private. Every single time, my Gedole Harabonim said, Shma Bikola, listen to your wife. Now everybody's different, every situation is different. But at the end of the day, there is a Yisod Gadol 
that is extremely important over here. And that is, when it comes to halachic issues, number one, two steps. Number one is that you remember that every single Chumrah, and Rav Shechter points out beautifully, that sometimes you're being machmer, at the end of the day you don't realize you're being mekil, or you're being machmer and it's an expense of others, and then it could be at the expense of beautiful balance that Rav Shechter has. Considering every situation, you never know. You have to cheshbon, you have to calculate what is the implication of it. And therefore here, when it comes to Shalom Bayis, every single person needs to calculate, is this a Chumrah, according to our Messiah from Ramesha, if it's at the expense of your wife and your children, it goes out. It goes out. And the second hashlacha is, that if you're not sure what the right thing to do is, then go ask your Rabbi. Rabbi Branspiegel thought that this was not only an issue of tact, and was not only an issue of Amita Shel Torah, what the Halacha says, where Branspiegel may have Shlema point, pointed out that many times when the husband is putting Chumros, that's a Chisaron in Midos. And he gave an example. He said, once upon a time, it's well known, in, the, in America, 50, 60 years ago, there was a tension. The Talmidim of Bris, in Bris, the Halacha of Chadash, it's not simple at all that one is allowed to eat Chadash even in Chutz Laaretz. And it's well known, Rav Aaron Salvechik used to starve. Rav, uh, I think Rav Branspiegel told us that Rav, that Rav Salvechik, when he was in Berlin, says that he used to be hungry because he wouldn't eat Chadash when he was studying in Berlin. They were very makbid. So when he was in Lita in Poland, so there was a little, there was a little bit. But when they, he was in Berlin, there was nothing. He said he used to go to sleep hungry. And so the Talmidim of Salvechik in America, some of them started being machmir. Rav Aaron Salvechik was well known. He wouldn't even accept at times, Aiden who weren't Makhdun al-Khadash, we're talking about before it was, it was popular. And Rebran Spiegel said there was once a Talmud who, uh, who came to him and said, I'm dating a girl, and I'm Makhdun on Yashan, and it's going to be hard for her, her parents are not, and I'm not, what am I going to do when I go to my in-law's house? And my Rebbe said to him, Compromise. So don't worry about the world is a much bigger place than just the Chumrah of Yashan and Chadash. There's a great girl over here. You could build a bias of Torah. You don't need to put a Chumrah on her and on her family. And my Rebbe said he didn't listen to him. And he broke off the date. And then my Rebbe said one other sentence. He said, and, and I'm not surprised that the next girl he married, he divorced. In other words, this Yisod of Allah is not only a Messiah from Ramesha about Amitah Shaltaira. It's not only a Yisod in terms of how you look at the general halachic system. When people are introducing Hakpados that come at the expense of others, it could very well be that our Avodas Hashem is a Chisarun in Midos itself. And every single one of us has to ask ourselves, every single step that we make, we have to ask ourselves whether the hakpados that we're taking are ones that are truly correct, or it could very well be that if we're lacking a certain sensitivity, there's a chisar and a midos. And that I'm poteach for others to discuss as well. Number six, inaccurate expectations. Every single one of us have been exposed to Stevie Wonder and uh, possibly worse. That means that we've been exposed to things that are not accurate about what Kedushas Nesu and the sanctity of marriage is all about. 
I, I don't want to talk too much about intimacy because you're not at that stage yet. Mir Hashem, I think it's extremely important that every chasan, not like what I got in the Holy Yeshiva, Yeshivas Rabbeinu Yitzchak Al-Khanan, the way we were prepared for marriage was, and if I was politically correct, then I wouldn't say this, but what is MS is MS. 25 years ago, we were extremely poorly prepared for marriage. All we got was, and you could blame just the general culture of the system, blame the system itself, but this is the reality. All I got was, at the time, we sat in a general classroom, a Rav taught us basic Hilchos Nida that we had to know, and that was it. We were sent, we were sent packing. This is it, you're out ready. What? So I know that the halacha is that uh, a woman needs to count seven clean days before she goes to the mikvah, and then she goes to the mikvah, and then no hadracha. By the way, the yeshivish world was better than in YU. In many ways, the yeshivish world was more modern than yeshiva university. Now, Baruch Hashem, I think things have gotten better. Every single one of you needs to have a frank talk about intimacy with someone who you feel that you can respect on both a religious level and an emotional level. The Hollywood description of intimacy is not, is not realistic. Rev. Rohn speaks about how everything is touched up. But it's much more than that. It's also backwards. Because the way in which the girl falls in love with the guy and the guy falls in love with the girl, they're swept off their feet, and everything is beautiful and dandy, and then, if the movies are accurate, when I grew up, that's how it ended. Nowadays, the, the movies are more accurate, then they show all of the fallout, the drugs afterwards, and things like that, etc., and them fighting. Once upon a time, they didn't show that. Maybe it didn't happen. I doubt it. Baruch Hashem, I didn't see it with my parents. But what actually is, is almost the inverse. Do you know that relationship between husband and wife, the development of intimacy, the sense of closeness, takes time? You might like her a lot, but there are things that Baruch Hashem, because we working on our Kedusha, there are adjustments that couples have to make. And it's the exact opposite of Hollywood. In Hollywood, everything is glorious in the beginning, and then when they're honest, things go downhill. And by us, it's hard in the beginning. There are a lot of adjustments that a couple has to make. But if you do it right, and if there's Hakaras Kvoda, then it gets more beautiful as marriage goes on. Mamish, the exact opposite. The glory of the Luchos Harishonos is nothing compared to the glory of the Luchos Hashnios. But that requires the appropriate Hadracha. It requires the appropriate understanding that everything that we've been exposed to in many ways has things on its head. And number seven. Dormant issues. This follows to what I had said in regards to getting Hadracha when it comes to intimacy. Every single person here needs someone that they trust. It could be their father, but I would recommend not only their father, someone that they trust, that they feel that they could speak openly with them. There are issues that are on their minds. 95% of the things that ultimately become major, major issues 
that starts out, as I'm arguing today, as issues of akaras kvoda, those issues start out as small. When they're nipped in the bud, it's something that a couple could look back and laugh at together. Literally laugh at together. I can't believe that we did that. I can't believe the mistakes that we made. We started out, we were young, we didn't realize, we didn't understand, and every single one of you are going to make mistakes, no one is perfect. But if you start out with the premise that you say, that you say to each other in the Yichud room, that we're going to do everything we can to treat each other beautifully, and we're going to be honest with each other, we're going to communicate, we're going to listen to each other, and then when we're stuck, and you're going to get stuck, you, th- you said you were going to communicate and you're not communicating. And then you go to someone that you get advice from, and your wife goes to someone that she gets advice from. Both sides, husband and wife, need someone that they're going to get Aitza from. And then if there still is a lack of understanding, then you go to someone that you both respect for both emotional advice and religious advice. But we have to be willing to say, I don't know. We have boys that are not willing to say, I don't know in the Gemara. They have to know everything. Those are the worst for marriage. To say, I don't know, I need help. There's nothing wrong for us asking for help. It's one of the most beautiful things, to be able to say, help me to someone who understands things a little bit more than me. Let's just review the seven things that we spoke about. We spoke about freshness of marriage. We spoke about luchos harishonos, luchos hashniyos. We spoke about, number one, the unique neshama of one's wife, being able to relate to her unique neshama. That flowed into the idea that women are from Mars and women are from, men are from, how's it go? Women are from Venus and men are from Mars. Number three is communication. We spoke about communication. The sensitivity to be able to listen, which brought us into general sensitivity to her cover, like in-laws. Sensitivity to things that are important to her are important for you. Number five, we spoke about issues in halacha. Ramesha, Rebran Shmigels, you saw that could be the issues in halacha, really a chisar and Number six was inaccurate expectations. We related that in regards to intimacy, but it applies to many other things as well. You expect that a house is going to be, you expected your house was going to be cleaner than it is. And it's not. It could very well be that the dugma, the image that you had in your mind, was not really accurate. Where did you get that idea from? Hakaras kvodak driving this point home, is recognizing your wife's unique neshama. Your wife's unique neshama is not your mother's. And that's an avoda. The expectations of what you saw at home, what you saw at home, you can't expect that that's going to be exactly what's going to be in your house. That's inaccurate expectations. Number six, we spoke about how it relates to intimacy as well. And number seven is realizing that there are times that's okay to say, I don't know, and to reach out to help for help from a Rebbe, from a therapist, and to Davin to reach out to help from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At the end of the day, it's the Shekhinah that we're in the Baruch Hu should put in our homes, 
ultimately at the end of the day all of the hishtablus comes back to bakoshas hashchina hishtoikikus for shchina desire for shchina and if you both have that desire you both have that aspiration you both have that dream and you're willing to be honest you have people who want it but are not willing to be honest and think back, the beauty of our yeshiva is that the Rosh Yeshiva and the staff have pointed out to us, probably almost everybody here in this room, Rabbeim included, when we weren't necessarily honest. If we carry those midos, and that shuka for shechina, Be'ezer Hashem will be zochet rabbayis, that's full of shechina, of kuchabrifu, and Be'ezer Hashem to continue l'dorei doros, to pass that over to our holy children and be zelta to be Mikhail Shem Shemai.